Stories are the way we know ourselves and the way we know other people. That is a quote from today's featured guest, Nicola Yoon. And in today's episode, Nicola Yoon joins our friend Kelly Corrigan as another installment of our Creative Life series called Between the Lines, where we get together and sit down with the authors of award-winning books. These are the stories behind the stories with a number of best-selling authors across a number of genres. Nicola is the number one New York Times bestseller of Everything, Everything, which is now a major motion picture. She's also the, the Sun is Also a Star, which was a National Book Award finalist. And she is an incredible human. Grew up in Jamaica and Brooklyn, now lives in Los Angeles with her family. This is a really interesting episode because well, I'm always fascinated, rather, with the balance between what I should be consuming with fiction and nonfiction. I have historically been a nonfiction junkie, and I am in the process of introducing more fiction into my life. So uh, again, in this episode where uh, Kelly asks Nicole the question, the difference between fiction and nonfiction, how she thinks about it, I think it's a fascinating answer. Also, the importance of gestures in stories. We, you know, there are so many ways that our humanity uh, can come to life in person and knowing that we are wired for stories this idea of gestures in stories is a fascinating concept. And also the idea of how to make the familiar strange again, right? We walk through lives, we we wake up and we have a, a belief about what today is going to be like. We already know the temperature of our coffee and the route we're going to take to get to work. And there is an absolute beauty and a wonder in making the familiar strange again. And I absolutely love Nicola's uh, take on this. There's a lot more here in this episode. She's so eloquent in the way she talks about her writing. And there's certainly value to, to be learned regardless of if you're interested in writing, entrepreneurship, building products or businesses. This is an absolute essential listen. Enjoy this episode. Before we get into the show, just a quick word from our sponsor. And then off we go. Hey, this episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show is powered by Creative Live. Now, if you've been in my orbit long enough, you know that for the last decade, my own creativity has been largely focused on building creative life. Sure, I've done all kinds of side projects. I've had books and shoes, and I shoot occasionally a campaign, direct a commercial, but Creative Live has been my focus. They are also the underwriter for this show. And that's the reason you don't hear me interrupt the conversation with advertisements every 15 minutes, but it goes way beyond that. You know that I believe so deeply in the power of creativity to affect change, to get us unstuck and to unlock the things, the beliefs, the dreams that we have for this one precious life. And the best way to do that, bar none, is through subscribing to Creative Live. That unlocks more than 2,000 classes. Each of those classes used to cost between 100 and 150 bucks, and now you can unlock all of them. That's tens of thousands of hours from the world's top creators for one low price, all under 149 bucks. So where should you go to get this offer? Go to creativelive.com slash creator pass. All one word, creativelive.com slash creator pass. We're adding new classes every week and we're always streaming free content if you're new to the platform and you want to check it out. If you happen to be one of the listeners that already has a subscription, 
Thank you so much. And let me know what you learned most recently. I always love hearing your stories and I'm always happy to amplify and give you a high five on social. Now, if you do not have a subscription, this is the time to go check it out and sign up. Hey. Hi. I'm so happy to meet you. Oh, it's so nice to be here. And uh, I just want to give you right off the top major props on those shoes. These shoes are my favorite thing. These are like the flower Doc Martens. Yeah. I wear them all the time. And you've got a little blue in your hair. I don't know if it's going to translate here, yeah. but there's a little blue tint to your hair. So the, the whole thing's really working beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so we're talking a lot about storytelling, like how we do it and why we do it. So let's start with the, the kind of million dollar question. Why do you think that we are all so obsessed with story across time, across culture, um, across continent? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great question. And it's what I think writers think about this all the time. Um, I really think that stories are the way we know ourselves, right? I mean, I think we tell ourselves stories to figure out who we are um, and to figure out how the possibilities for other people. Uh, I have something I've been thinking about, especially sort of in our current climate, um, you know, trying to figure out what the possibilities for the world are. They give us hope. When you read a story, when you're like sort of in a 400-page book with someone else, you get to see like the possibilities for someone else's humanity. And um, I think it's a powerful thing. It's, it builds empathy. And just, and just as true is that you get to see awful people on the page and awful right. tragic circumstances, and we're sort of equally strangely attracted to them. Right. I mean, everybody loves Lady Macbeth. Right, but I mean, it's, we're trying to understand. I mean, we're trying to understand ourselves by looking at other people's stories. Yeah. There's I mean, something, that's universal. Yeah. There's something about the distance, too. I feel like with fiction, so I write nonfiction, but with fiction... Um, there's just enough distance between your real life and the thing that's happening on the page that I feel your defenses are lowered. Right. And so but, things can seep into you in a way that, that you might not let them. Right. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think one of the things I always talk about is the empathy that books can build, right? So it's hard for you to spend 400 pages with another person and in their life without some, coming to some sort of understanding. Um, but my favorite part of reading books, though, is when you realized something that you you know is true, but you've never been able to articulate it as I true. I know, I love that. That is the best moment, right? So like the distance closes down, right? Yeah. So then you go, oh, that happens to me. I feel that all the time. Yeah. And someone says it perfectly. Do you write in your books? I, when, when that, I mean, I write, I read with a pencil. Right. And when I see that line that names the thing, yeah. it's like, oh, you too? You know, and, yeah. and like, yes, yeah, so that's exactly it. And yeah. that's just why, that's just how I feel about something. Right. No, I mean, I used to write in my books, but I don't anymore. I guess I dog ear all the pages, but I don't like write in them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, are you obsessed with a certain issue or theme? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm like kind of a romantic goober. So like, I love, love. Did you just love. say goober? I'm a, yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did say goober. I um, love that. Word. But I mean, I love love. So I'm obsessed with love, like in all its forms. Um, so, yeah, that's what I write about all the time. And do you particularly like to write about the variety of loves, like parental love and sibling love and romantic love? Right, and yeah. Just all, I mean, all of it. I mean, I think the thing I'm currently obsessed with is the way that, like, love opens you up to the world, right? So, 
like for a big love to happen, you have to be vulnerable, right? Um, the other, the flip side of that is that to be vulnerable is you're capable of being hurt and sort of devastated by the loss of love. So that's one of the things that I'm currently obsessed with, and I started being obsessed with it after I had my little girl and like actually when I met my husband. So it's like one of those things like love is great and amazing and wonderful, but the potential for a sort of tragedy because of its loss is really great. Um, and I'm trying to navigate whether or not you th I think that's worth it. I mean, obviously I do, but um, there's a lot to think about, you know. Yes, about. yes. I often feel like I know that I love someone deeply if I have imagined them dying. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like something no, that you have to that. do. It's like you are now so vulnerable. It's true. I mean, I always say that, you know, like my little girl goes to preschool and my heart leaves and goes with her every day. So my heart is at preschool every day. Yeah. And like when my husband's not with me, I, I can feel it. Like I can feel right now that they're not here yeah. with me. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where in order for you to experience it, like, in the greatest way you have to be so open but um but that's a little scary yeah oh I, I mean i remember falling in love with my husband and thinking this is terrifying it's like the worst thing. i mean i am in so much danger right now right like he wouldn't like call maybe for being at him like oh he's dead like oh absolutely he's been hit by a truck or something yes. large and moving and if like, if it's yeah. 704 and he said he's gonna be yeah. home at seven i have like gone to his funeral i figured out who i'm gonna call <laughs> I've decided I'm never going to marry again. You, you know, might, like you might actually be worse than I am. When I thought I was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm a little, it's possible that I've just revealed that I'm completely insane. Um, but he comes in, and I say, "Oh God, thank God you're back. I just went to your funeral." Everything's fine again. Yeah. 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 Um, what are you? What do you struggle with on the page when you're trying to create a story? What's the hardest part for you? God. So, I mean, and my editor will tell you the same thing is that I, I can write dialogue all day. So like I think in dialogue and monologue. So, but very often there's no place setting, right? So it's like yes. they could be in space. Like the first draft of my last book, I think they, they were talked for 300 pages. And my editor wrote back, she's like, where are they? Like, right. I don't understand. Are they in a coffee shop? Are they on the moon? Like you, you have no place settings. So that's something that I, like that gets in like the second revision. Um, I, I feel that way too, and I think what's happening, I mean, the way I would defend myself to my editor is to say that in my mind, I know, I, I can see it all so clearly that I've for, just forgotten to tell you, but they, I have it in my mind that they're somewhere. My editor does not buy that. She's like, Mickey, please. On the page. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. If it's not on the page, it's not on the page. Yeah. What, and so you must love dialogue. Yeah, I really do. That's the easiest part yeah, for that's, you. Yeah, my, that's my favorite thing. And do you write long or short? Like, do you often, are you, are you, is a big part of your process jamming it down into something? No, I, I write short because, because basically I'm writing dialogue and no cues. Um, yeah. It's usually short and then I have to go back in and add, like, the world. And, yeah. and then I, by the time I'm on the second draft, I know what I'm actually writing about. So then it's, it's not so bad for me yeah. to go back in and add the, you know, like, what I'm really talking about. And, like, had add the internal sort of thoughts and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And when you're creating a character, what are your favorite parts of that experience? Like, do you like thinking about what they look like or how they would behave in different situations or who their mother is or what their biggest fight they've ever had was? Like, how are, how are they coming to you? Right. It's, it's mostly gestures, actually. So I'm, oh. Yeah. So I'm definitely, I'm a person that's into, like, the physical way that we express ourselves and like we're saying one thing but we're doing something else with our hands or our feet or whatever um and i struggle with that 
And but I like I think it's when it's done right, it's amazing. Like Rainbow Rowell does this very very well. Um, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald does it really well too. What's a gesture that springs to mind that's really telling? I mean, sort of the typical one you will see is like you know someone puts their hand on their the back of their neck uh-huh. or you know like the just the way that people tell things without telling you that yeah. they're like uncomfortable or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if you like choose the perfect gesture, you don't have to write that much about it. Right. It's it's the it's the ultimate show don't tell. Right. Because if you have this kind of nervous, and it's also when you're when you're watching great actors. Yeah. It's what they do. It's right. What, it's the layer they have that not everybody has. Yeah. I was reading this um, one of these acting books for something I'm writing, and one of the things is that you know forget about trying to get to the emotional part first. Like if you express it physically, let the emotion part will come. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like that is true with writing too. If, like if you can show what they're doing, then you can sort of guess at the internality, yeah. and then you don't have to write that much about the internality. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fun to imagine how they behave when they're alone. Yeah. Like I remember realizing that when I was working on a screenplay, which is really the only fiction I've completed, and realizing that this girl, as soon as the elevator, she was like a young professional, as soon as the elevator closed. She was like yanking her tights back up because you know how tights like slide down during the day, and that one visual of her being completely professional in the elevator, and then the minute the doors close, like being like, I love that. Now now I know who you are. Yeah, that's a really good way to think about it. Or what you do when you're alone, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, what do you do? Do you know what your creative sweet spot is yet? Like, are you always first person? Are you always going to be on the page? Might you be? Writing for theater or television or right? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm so I'm very happy writing for young adults. Yes, um, not, and you're working oh, on number three, right? Right, now? and it's not first person, so uh-huh. um, and that's kind of fun, sort of just like trying out another thing. Um, Is might, it working for you? Because I find it really hard to go to third. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm actually I love it. Like, I mean, I think just because it's nice to have a new challenge and it's just nice to do something else. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually having a really good time with it. It's also nice to be able to be in everyone's head. Right, yeah, I mean, like, you get to be God, right? Yeah. You know what everyone's thinking. Um, so that's that's really fun. Um, I might want to write a screenplay at some point in the distant, distant future, but yeah. we'll see. Because it's basically just dialogue, right? Right, right. Yeah. For anyone who loves, like, yeah. the sound of words, yeah. you want to hear them read. Yeah. So what do you pick at? Have you done a lot of readings? Yes. What do you learn? How is seeing readers respond real time to your words change the way you create and tell stories yeah it makes me realize that i'm a little too wordy sometimes right because i'll be <laughs> i'll like read it out loud i'm like well you didn't need the extra that in that uh-huh. sentence sorry like let's cut those um i think that's one of the things and i i would like to be a better reader um in general but that's a different art than writing you mean presenting your yes, work I, yeah mm-hmm. i'd like to have you ever seen Jason Reynolds read? No. no. Is he okay. phenomenal? He's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he reads it out loud, like, before he yes. writes it down. Um, which do is you, a, when you're writing, do you he, read it out loud? I mean, some sections I do, but yeah. I think I probably need to do the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I would like to get to the stage where poets are, where they're very brief, and they pack so much stuff into, like, those with that very brief, you know, poem or... Do you take in a lot of poetry? I, I read a lot of poetry. Yeah. Um, 
I don't really understand it. <laughs> I know, but isn't but it I just like it. washing yourself in the yeah. greatest words? Like yeah. the stuff that they're unearthing right. is like, right, now there's a word you don't see, like, right. but at once every five years, like it has so much impact for its rarity. I think what's amazing about poetry is that I'll, like, I have my Norton anthology, it's like right next to my bed, like, <laughs> and I'll, if I don't feel like reading anything, that's the thing I'll pick out. And then you'll read a poem for years and like, you don't really get it, but there's something appealing about it. And then one day you go, oh, I know what you're talking about, finally. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But years, seriously, they've passed. Well, the, what's poem. really critical about what you just said gets to this, this dual layer of storytelling that so, makes it such a juicy challenge, which is you both have to have something interesting that you have observed or some interesting conclusion that you have come to mm -hmm. And you have to find a beautiful, interesting, fascinating way to express it. Right. And the poem, because it was beautifully phrased, held you long enough until your level of life experience right. came Caught along to, to meet it and yeah. you could understand the thing behind right. the beautiful facade of a right. poem. It's just the way they're so good. Like if a really good poem is really good at an image and just looking at a thing that you've, ne you've seen a million times, but you're not seeing it. Yeah, um, you're not seeing it the way they're seeing it until until one day you do, which is actually what fiction does too, right? I mean, the idea of making the familiar strange, mm -hmm. right, so that you can see it again, so you can meet it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. We're always trying to create that first moment of intersection. Right. So you have to almost trick you as a reader into right. thinking you don't know this story. Right. And then you get to meet it and have that kind of rush of recognition. You know, I had this moment when I was writing my first book where the, the character is in her house, right? So she'd never been to see the ocean. Is everything, I, everything? Yeah, right. Yeah. And I grew up on an island, so, you know, I've seen the you ocean. You grew up in the Caribbean? Yeah, on, in Jamaica, right? So I've, like, seen the ocean a million times. And I was having a hard time with the scene. And what I did is I, like, took my little girl to the beach, and she hadn't been yet. Uh -huh. So, like, we just took a family trip. We're, like, We're going to the beach. And the way she reacted to the ocean is how I just wrote it. Like, she, she just, like, basically, she just bum-rushed the ocean. She's like, oh, yes, this is for me. And she went running towards it. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's what you would do. And I had forgotten, you know, but because this familiar thing, seeing it through her eyes just made it strange again. And Well, that's, amazing. The, that's yeah. actually threaded straight through parenthood. Yes. I mean, I remember yeah. taking my daughter, Georgia, to the movies the first time. Yeah. And the, the just, just the credits started coming up, you know, like the universal. Right. And her eyes just went, and the lights down and the popcorn. And I thought, this oh just must be insane yeah. for you to yeah. be inside this. It's nice, this. isn't it? It does make you young again. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, how, in terms of, you know, you have a really big audience very yeah. quickly. And I wonder what that does for your writing. Like, how, how do you uh, reckon with them in your mind when you're working? Like, yeah. do you have to set them aside, or are they just right present with you as you're telling a story? Um, I mean, I do have to set them aside, and it's something I learned sort of between the first book and the second book. Because for the first book, you sort of have all the time in the world, and you're writing for yourself, and you have no idea. And you're nothing else. Right. You're not an author. You're right, just right, a writer. Exactly. And you have no idea what anyone's opinions of your work 
you know, you, you might know, be right. And so, um, between the first and second book, you have more of an idea, and so you have all the sort of positive stuff, but you also have the negative stuff. And honestly, I don't think that either side is that good for you, right? Because the temptation when you hear some positive things is like, oh, I should do that again, yeah. or if you hear something negative, it's you know, oh, well, I should avoid doing that. Um, and none of that is good for art, actually, yes. right? So um, between the first and second, it took me a long time to sort of just tone that or turn that down in my head um, and then just write the book that I wanted to write. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, it took a while. I tried to force it and it did not work. It really just took patience and time for like the noise level to sort of go down. And then yeah. I go, okay, I'm alone in my room again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very... Um it's very well said and so difficult. How distracting is the ancillary stuff for you? Like you've had a movie made from your book right. and you're, you have book jacket designs, which is always this massive distraction, I find. Yeah. And then there are reviews and then there's an agent calling and saying, what's next? And yeah. like, how, how do you deal with that part of your life as a storyteller? Um, I'm still learning how to do mm-hmm. that, right? I mean, because it's amazing. Like, I mean, listen, it's right. a complete dream. And like, I didn't know that you could dream this and it's been incredible. Um, but there is, after and a while- And weren't you in like finance or something? I was, yeah. Like, I, you're, you're an engineering yeah, major. Yeah, I was an right. electrical engineering major. Um, and did it, were you like 10 or 20 years or something? 22. 22 very, years. Very long years. I mean, it looks like you're 21, so major. this is oh, all bizarre to me. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, you're sweet, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm getting used to, I'm sort of getting used to it, but it is like, it's sort of an odd balance because there's being a writer, which is, you know, you're in your room and, and you know, the page is blank and it's sort of torture and it's sort of awesome and versus being an author, which is a different thing yeah. entirely. Um, and whilst it's wonderful, there are times when I'm just like, I'm going home and I'm going to be under my yeah, blanket right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm figuring it out. Yeah. It's still little so little. new. Yeah. Little by little. Um, is there a relationship to you that's the most interesting? Like, I'm sort of obsessed with the parent-child relationship, but I also lo- I love reading about friendship and I like seeing... Uh, like the man-to-man relationships, like the father-son or men inside of a work environment and clashing notions of masculinity or whatever. Is there a relationship that's particularly interesting to you? Yeah, I mean, I would say I write equally about people falling in love with each other. I mean, I really do love the moments that they fall in love, Uh you know, because I... For me, like, it's all about just talking, right? So, like, I fell in love with my husband just by talking to him, and we talk all the time. Um, so I love when people fall in love with each other's ideas of the world, uh-huh. right? So, so And that's, that's really nice. talking, you know? Yeah. But I also really love for kids, like, the moment they realize their parents are people, right? So, like, there is a, you mean, there is a moment when you go, oh, you are a person with, like, hopes and dreams, and, and you made mistakes, and you were flawed, um, and that's really interesting to me, probably because I have a five-year-old and like I know one day, right now she thinks I'm the best thing on earth, but she might not always think that. And Guaranteed. <laughs> I have two teenage girls. Like, there's a terrible, terrible thing in your future. I know, and I don't, I'm not ready. You, it's all right. It's not coming for a while. You got time. Um, but I, I remember when I realized my parents, like, you know, were people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sort of obsessed with that, too. Yeah, I, I remember uh, at a funeral, at my grandmother's funeral, a man 
came up to me and said, oh, every boy in Baltimore was in love with your mother. Right. And it was like, what? What? <laughs> like, you mean, like, there were people that dated her before my father? Oh, like, that is disgusting. <laughs> and she's a person. Right. And like, that means that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Do, do you have something important that grounds you? Yeah, I mean, my husband and little girl, I mean, they are. Yeah. Because when I, when I go home, Penny, but she doesn't really care about like the stuff on the road. She's right. just like, "Did you bring me a present?" Right. Like I mean, and I always have to bring her something. Um, and she's like a little barnacle. She attaches herself to me, you know, and, yeah. and that's really good. And, and my husband thinks I'm cool no matter what, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah, he loves me. Um, Do you feel um, like what what's feeding you on a daily basis? Like, are you a person that's reading the newspaper every day? Or are you reading other people's fiction and thinking, oh, now that's really interesting and well done and I want to try something like that? Or like what kind of gets you out of bed? Yeah, I mean, I read a lot and I'm an obsessive reader. And are you reading mostly yeah. YA or are you reading all over? I read everything. So uh -huh. like, I mean, I read paranormal romance like too. Like I read, uh -huh. I, like a nice I read everything. I'll look at everything. Like give me vampires. That's fine. Like, you know, everything yeah. sort of feeds into it. So are you like a two book a week kind of person? I am a two book a week person. Yeah. It's exactly, yeah, my number actually. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, and I don't watch TV though. And I play video games. You right. play video games? I do. Like, I love video games. My husband and I play a lot together. Do you? <laughs> that is stunning to me. But, but now video games have narrative. Yeah, they do. And they're good. They they're are? Like, yeah. Like, I just played Uncharted 4. Um, and that's good. Like, there's some really good writing in that. It's interesting. Yeah. I had to teach it. Yeah, last summer I taught high school kids. And the first class I had to teach was um, narrative for video games. Yeah. And, I mean, the last video game I played was called Pong. Oh, it was just on. like a stick on this side and a stick on that side. Like I was like, they didn't I, even have names. I'm they didn't even have heads. I'm going to buy you a video game system. You no, 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 no. I don't want it. It's like a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down that rabbit <laughs> it's hole. It's so good, though. Yeah. Um, so we only have a few minutes left, and I wanted to ask you a little speed round. Are okay. you up for that? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, name a book you wish you had written. Oh, God. Oh, the Great Gatsby. Isn't it perfect? Yeah. My daughter's just about to read it, and I yeah. said, you're not going to find anything right. more perfect. Also, Bluest Eye, though. Okay. Uh -huh. Sorry, I can't You can it, have two. I can have two. Okay. Um, have you met her? No, I have not. Me neither. Oh, God. Fingers crossed. <laughs> right? Um, what was the last story that made you cry? Oh, God. Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. Actually, no, that's not true. Um, well, if Nina you're reading LaCour, two books a week. Right. We Are Okay by Nina LaCourt made me cry most recently on a plane in front of strangers. Oh, that's so good. And I'm like a private person. So that, the fact that I was crying. Did the stewardess come and say, is there anything I can get for you? <laughs> no. The person next to me was like looking at me and I was like, don't look at me. Great. <laughs> Just put the book up. Um, if your mother wrote a book about you, what would it be called? Oh, God. Spaz. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Carl Hyacin book. You know, they're always yeah, like, the one, oh, yeah. spaz. Uh, who can't you live without, creatively speaking? So clearly you've got a great husband, right. but like other than your husband. Creatively speaking. I, I mean, I, I guess I'll just say poetry in general. Like, you know, like, uh, like the Norton has sat on my bedside table for about uh, 15 years now. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, if you could get everyone in the world to read just one book, what oh, would it God. be? That is a difficult question. I know. Yeah. 
Um, you can give me a couple. I would say... Or you can segment. No, The Little Prince is probably like one of my favorite books of all time. So, and that book changes every time you read it. I yeah. I get people to read that. Yeah. yeah. What do you think the heart of that book is? Like, what is the success of that? It's so enduring. I mean, I think what's amazing about it is that it really does change. Like, because you are changing, every time you read it, you find new things in it, like new depth. But it's really just trying to remind us to hold on to the things that are important. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it really is just basic, love is the most important thing. And that seems simplistic, um, but actually a really difficult thing to know and learn and, and, and internalize. And hold. Yeah, because you, it's, life gets so big and distracting and there's so much stuff in our modern world and, and you can go through entire days forgetting that actually it's just about love. Like, and not just like romantic stuff, but you know, love of yourself and art and... Um, your parents and stuff, it's easy, easy, easy to forget that. It's actually really difficult to hold on to that idea. Did you always feel that way? Or did you learn that? Um, I mean, I think I'm still learning it, but I'm definitely open to it. Like, I don't, I hate when people sort of denigrate this idea that love is the thing that makes the world go round. That is totally true. Um, And I think people sometimes forget, but I try not to. I think I'll forget less for having known you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was awesome. Yes, really fun. All right, that's a wrap on today's episode. But before you go, just one more quick thing. I want to remind us that we have headed into a new year here, 2022. And I want to encourage you to continue to invest in yourself. Now, it's so easy for us to fall into ruts, right? To delay our growth and our personal development because we aren't actively learning and educating. Now, I, I, I may be speaking uh, to the wrong crew here because that's probably the reason you're listening to the show. You want to grow and develop. And that's one of the reasons the show is free. But if you do decide that you want to progress beyond just this show, this free show that's been now going for 12 years, and get to the next level, I would love to invite you to make a modest, a tiny investment of $15 a month into a creative live subscription. For just the price of a couple cups of coffee, Creative Live has more than 2,000 classes that you'll have access to that will help you create the living and life of your dreams. I encourage you to check it out. Go to creativelive.com slash creator pass and get going.